It is interesting that today's readings are for us two parables. It's un unusual because usually if we get the gospel parable, we don't usually get the first reading parable, but there's two. And, and it's an invitation for us to kind of look into the, the reality of God because parables show us something beyond what we are accustomed to think in the categories that we are accustomed to think. So the first one is an interesting one. It comes from the book of Judges, as we know. What it is is there's, we have, this, uh, we have Gideon. Gideon was an incredible, powerful judge that came in and confronted Midianites and finally was able to protect the people of God from being destroyed. He had many sons, and uh, many sons, first of all, the people came to him, the people of the covenant says, you know, Gideon, we wish you to be a king. And Gideon says, no, God is our only king. Yes, I was successful in overcoming the Midianites with the power of God, with the grace of God, but I don't want to replace God as a king for you. You're men and women of covenant. Your relationship with God, God should be the only ruler in your life. And so Gideon refuses to be a king, but his son, he had many sons, and one of them was a illegitimate son. His name was Ab Abimelech. And so Abimelech is convinces the people of the town, the city of Shechem, he convinces that he convinces them to eliminate all his brothers, um, have brother, I guess, uh, eliminate them so that he could be their king, and he wants to make sure that the people of of the uh, you know Shechem, which is a, a fairly important town at that time or city, and so so there he is manipulating the people and and, and the people yes. His, his friends murder the, his brothers, and he wants to proclaim himself the king. And, and uh, there's a, 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 a family member, his name is, is Jotham, and, and Jotham goes on the top of the Mount Gerizim, which is Mount of God, and he's standing there, he cried out to them, to the people of, the, of Shechem, he says, hear me, citizens of Shechem, that God may then hear you. And he says, okay, you want Abimelech to be a king. People already asked Gideon and others to, to take over, and, and they didn't want to because they wanted to allow God to be the king. So we have this parable, and he says this, once the trees went out to anoint the king over themselves. It's a parable, as you know, it's like animal farm, all the other fables, Aesop's fables. So he's giving this type of, of guidance. He says, once the, the, the trees went to anoint the king over themselves, so they said to the olive tree, reign over us. But the olive tree said, answered them, must I give up my rich oil whereby men and gods are honored and go to wave over the trees? Uh, so olive tree, important one, very important, probably the most important because it offered food, oil, light, all these things, you know, so very important. And so the important person says, no, I cannot be like Gideon. 
I don't want to be. And then the trees go up to a fig tree, come, you reign over us. But the, king, the fig tree answered them, must I give up my sweetness and my good fruit to go and wave over the trees? And then, uh, then they ask a vine, and then they ask uh, uh, you know, the uh, other trees. But then what happens is this, none of them wish to give up their important role, which God gave them. But guess who wants to be a king? Then all the trees said to the buckthorn, come, you reign over us. But the buckthorn replied to the trees, if you wish to anoint me king over you in good faith, come and take refuge in my shadow. Buckthorns can't produce shadow. It's got little tiny leaves. Uh, so first of all, it's a lie. <laughs> he wants to say, I will be your king. I'll provide for you. I'll do everything. We know some politicians too, in that case, you know, how much they promise and overpromise. Otherwise, let the fire come from the buckthorn and devour the cedars of Lebanon. We know that buckthorns produce, because they're low growth, and they produce forest fires. So they destroy everything in, the, in their presence. So here it is. So Jotham says, people, people of God, Abimelech wants to be your king, but he's the buckthorns and he's gonna destroy you. So there he is, and ultimately we know that what happened, he was, he was a ruler for three years and he did cause all kinds of problems and destruction. So that's first of all, you know, there's a human wisdom here. You know, look for whom you wish to govern you. Very valid today. Look into the people who may overpromise like Buckthorn, who say, oh, I'll provide all these things. This is a wisdom that God shares with us today. That is that parable is still valid today. The people who wish to truly be good and those who follow God should be the ones, although they may say, I, I feel like I'm not in a position to guide you because God is the only one, he's the ruler. He's the one who wishes to guide you. Listen to him. I think as a nation today, we don't want to listen to God. We kind of pushed him aside. And many countries around the world create rules and laws. Everybody, they want to pushing them so they may, we may listen to whatever the type of wisdom, human wisdom they possess. But the only wisdom that we need and that which will govern us into the great relationship with God is God's wisdom. They will protect our families is God's wisdom. They will take care of our brokenness and overcome that. So this is, first of all, a type of teaching that God is asking us to, to open our hearts to him alone. And he will help us, or at least those who wish to assist those who are men and women of God who try to help one another and leading them into the, into the uh, relationship, greater relationship with God, also who lead them into eternal life. The second reading is a parable of that, that landowner who, um, it's a parable of the kingdom though. It's a parable of the kingdom of heaven. So the Lord is giving us this type of teaching whereby the landowner goes at 6 a.m. 
and then 9 and 12 and 3 and finally 5 o'clock is almost the time that people would go and pray in a temple. 6 and 9 and 12, 3, 5, those were the times of prayer. So this landowner is a man of God, we already know. And what he offers is that not only an employment to those that he needs, but even to those who do not, he doesn't need them. He just goes out, says, you have nothing to do. Come, come to my place. I'll, I'll give you a just wage. The first ones were the ones who actually established the just wage. The other ones say, I'll give you a just wage. Just come. Don't be idle. And so, but at the end, as we see that those who received the payment last, they received the same amount, the just wage, as the ones who came first. What is this parable about? Is it about being a businessman? I don't think so. No business person would do that type of work. It's a, king, a parable of the kingdom of God. And what the Lord is saying to us is God gives us mercy. God gives us grace. God gives us the gift of eternal life. God is the one who wants to give us heaven. And so this is what he's inviting us doesn't matter what we started, you know, 50 years ago to follow the Lord, or 20 or 30 or 10, or, or maybe one year. He wants to give us the kingdom. Because there's no, we cannot enter kingdom on our own. God is a giver of grace, but he wants us to listen to him and come and follow him were, in a sense, uh, enter into his vineyard to work, to share, to, 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 to serve. That's the invitation. The difficulty of this parable is that sometimes people say, and I have a great example of, of a sister in the religious community, St. Faustina's community, whereby people feel like, well, I work for 20 years, in a vineyard, I deserve more than somebody who shows up last minute. That's a human way of understanding, a human way of thinking. It seems like, well, I followed the Lord for so many years, I followed His commandments, and what do I get? And this guy who was crazy, running, doing everything, all kinds of evil, and then he gets the same treatment. Is it like the person um, crucified with the Lord, being a murderer, and, and, and he gets scot-free, so to speak, to heaven. Lord, remember me when you come to your kingdom this day. You'll be with me in paradise. I have this example of a sister who was in, in Faustina's in Faustina's community, and she saw Faustina getting all these special graces and she was complaining to God, why? I did so much, and yet I don't receive these extraordinary graces. How come this one, just a newcomer, and all she gets all these special graces? And on, on the level of human thinking, there's type of a jealousy. Somebody's treated better than I am on the level of human relationship and human reward system. 
that somebody gets treated and yes, and it feels like it's unjust, unfair. Absolutely true. And yet, what it is is that we don't think in the categories of, of grace, categories of God's love. We don't think of categories that God is the one who reward us, that we will enter heaven and he will give us the right, the just wage. The degrees in heaven are measured by the degrees of love, love of God, love of neighbor, which means service. The last shall be first. The first shall be last. Jesus says, those who wish to be first among you have to be the, the servants of all, carry the burdens for one another. That is, that is the invitation, first and last is category of love, category of service, category of self-giving to one another. And you know, this is the, the invitation for us is to think in the categories not of this world, you know, the benefits and blessings or rewards or honors or whatever it may be, bonuses, whatever it may be, but in category of God wants us to be, to make us godlike, and that's his free gift he can do whatever he wishes. So he has chosen us, chosen us to be his followers, chosen us to receive extraordinary benefits of grace. And it is by contemplating his life in us, his glory, contemplating the beautiful gift of eternal life that we're to focus on. And then all things will make sense. There will be no need to worry or to be jealous of anybody else because we know that God will give us that unique and unrepeatable gift of himself. There's no one like us. We receive this unique gift of God and he promises that for those who love him, those who follow him, we cannot even imagine an eye has not seen, an ear has not heard, nor has ever entered even our imagination what God has prepared for those who love him. That is the goal. And you know, this is something that today's our saint, Saint Rose of Lima, by the way, I was flying once, I had to go to Argentina a number of times, and sometimes I would fly, you know, if you didn't want to go a direct flight, which is kind of long, 12 hours, to Argentina from New York, I picked up some cheaper flights by way of Lima, Peru. And you know, flying to Lima is really high. I mean, it's very, very high, you know, several thousand actually feet above the sea level. It's like a plateau. So in the middle of the mountains, you go into this plateau and land there as a plane. But this place, I, as I flew in, I said, you know, seemingly a small place, but already as early as 1500s, 1586, you know, before even Plymouth Rock here, we already have people who love the Lord. Martin de Porres, Rose of Lima, men and women of God, who took care of the poor, who took care of, of, of God's God, people in need. But I think that what, what we have here is also a type of teachings which they offer. There's a reading today from the Office of Readings, and there's something here that is so important for us to hear. She was a woman who was beautiful. You know, she was born, her name, original name 
was not Rose. Her original name was Isabel. But she was such a beautiful girl and such a beautiful person that they spoke of her as a rose. <laughs> and her, her, uh, her name kind of stuck to her. And although baptized Isabel, Elizabeth, uh, her name became Rose. And today we know her as Rose of Lima. Uh, she didn't want to be too beautiful because she was, because she didn't want to be pursued by suitors wanted to marry her and her family and so on. And she wanted to dedicate herself completely to God. So she would try to make herself as ugly as possible, but she still could do it. You know, beauty is still beauty. And no matter whether you cover yourself with ashes, you're still beautiful. Just the ashes cover that. But at any rate, she dedicated herself to God completely. And she wanted to be with him. She wanted to do penances for others. She wanted to, to make sure that others were saved. Uh, stretch herself for the poor, stretch herself for the slaves which were there. But there's one thing that she heard, a special type of voice. Our Lord and our Savior lift up, lifted up his voice and said with incomparable majesty, let all people know that grace comes after tribulation. We want to avoid tribulations and rightfully so, because we don't want to suffer. But it says, grace comes after tribulation. Let them know that without the burden of afflictions it is impossible to reach the height of grace. Not grace, but height of grace. Those who share the sufferings of Christ, those who resemble Christ in his suffering on behalf of others, also will resemble and share the grace like Christ himself in the highest levels of heaven is based on, on caring of the cross. Let them know that the gifts of grace increase as the struggles increase. We complain to God, how come I have to carry this cross? How come the sickness? How come all these problems? How come I'm, uh, you know, I can't, I, you know, my children, grandchildren, whoever they are, look, they're not following the Lord, the pain and suffering which they experience. It says, let, let let them know that their gifts of grace increase as the struggles increase. Let people take care not to stray and be deceived by easy answers. You know, you go to the bookstore and self-help. How can you be how can you be happy? Well, it seems like not a single book works because you have shelves and shelves of books, and everybody's offering you what makes you happy. And it, if one book was one that really gave you happiness, why well, would multiply books? But there's only one book, the Gospels, which speak to us of, of how we can attain that happiness. And even if during afflictions, that we'll be able to overcome that with a sense of union with Christ, which gives us a type of happiness which no words can describe. And so let people take care not to be not to stray and be deceived by the world today. This is the only true stairway to paradise. And without the cross, they can find no road to climb to heaven. For those who love me, pick up the cross and carry after me. This is the gospel itself. And then another portion of this reading from her writings. Uh, if only mortals would learn how to how great it is to possess divine grace, how beautiful, how noble, how precious. 
divine grace that gives us salvation, not the cross. And as you know, the, the gospel today, the divine grace, if we focus on the divine grace, not on uh, human or the, uh, the, the, you know, the here and now rewards that people seek, but we see the beautiful grace, how beautiful, how noble, how precious is the grace, how many riches it hides within itself, how many joys and delights to contemplate God's love and mercy. This is the goal of our life because it helps us not only to arrange our life in the proper way here on earth, but it helps us to overcome the troubles, the afflictions, the difficulties. Without doubt, they would devote all their care and concern to winning for themselves even pains and afflictions because it doesn't matter ultimately to carry the cross behind the Lord to see the, the extraordinary gifts that God gives through the gift of grace. Grace is another name for God's love for us. Grace is not the name, is God's presence in our life. Grace is not the name for his mercy. Grace is a name of that gifts, these special gifts that God gives to us to slowly transform us into being Christ-like. And grace comes through the Eucharist. Grace comes through prayer. Grace comes through any form of, of work that we do on behalf of others. We carry the, the, the cross on behalf of others. But above all, the greatest one is the Eucharist, the sacramental gifts but especially Eucharist, because it's God himself who comes to us. How precious, how beautiful, how great is God's grace. St. Rose of Lima says, may everyone come to know it more and more each day, because when we meditate on it, reflect on it, we come to realize how great is God's love for us in giving us his son. He died for us that we may have life. He comes to us that he may sanctify us, that he make us like, his, like, like himself. And that is why we gather, that's why we reflect, that's why we honor saints who remind us. Because we need these reminders and invitations so we may attain that fullness of joy which God made us for when we follow him and live his life. Hello, I'm Father Thaddeus Langton of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception, and I'm excited to let you know about my new podcast with Father Timothy Childers called Keeping It Marian. To access the podcast, simply visit divinemercyplus.org or search Keeping It Marian on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on whatever podcast platform you prefer. I want to share with you the riches of the charism of the Marian Fathers, which is the mystery of the Immaculate Conception, how it touches our lives as consecrated priests and religious, and how this mystery can bear fruit in your life 
especially by keeping the word of God and pondering it in our hearts in imitation of our blessed mother. I hope you'll join us. Again, it's called Keeping It Marian. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.